all going. Wow. Is that nice? All yeah. right, do you want to do a mic check? Okay. Mic check, mic check. And again? Test, test, test. This is level, actually, I'm going to... Just leveling uh, it. You're a retainer. Don't look. <laughs> you, get the you don't see that, actually. <laughs> and all right. <laughs> all right. They're, they're good? Is that all right? That is nice. Uh, just like a fist away. Okay. Yeah. First, two fists, whatever. Two fists. <laughs> I'm only joking. All right. And we'll go. Go to the fun. No. Uh, you're back. Toe Hollis, the Muckround Podcast, episode nine. Happy to have you there. Let's do it. Tree tops, what can you do when Mr. Babylon comes looking for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> We're gonna start right there, eh? It gets us off to a good start, oh, you know. It really me. does. Anyway, um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the last few podcasts. It has really meant a lot to me, and I've loved doing them. And now I am here in Tamaki Makoto with the fabulous. Perewi Hongi. Oh, look at him. Look I at him. So beautiful. Mai. And no Mikey Te Fare. Yes. No Mikey Te Fare. Mi kasa su kasa. <laughs> no, no. I am so happy to be here. Um, a very inspiring fella and even more beautiful in person. Oh! <laughs> so there you go. Don't even. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> anyway, um, a paku little me about yourself. Where are you from? Oh, well, kia ora e te iwi. Thank you so much, Tahu. I'm very, very honoured to be on your kaupapa and to be here today. Um, ko periwi hongi tōku ingoa, he uri tēnei no te tai tokero. I am... Uh, born and bred up north and grew up here in South Auckland. Yeah. Um, and yes, that's where I'm from uh, and that's who I am. <laughs> but Beautiful. I'm happy also to be here with you and have a wānanga, no mai te wānanga, wainanga. 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 <laughs> yes, wainanga. Yes, ah, yes. Clink, clink. I'm on the wines yes. today, which is a little bit different for me. Mm. Good boy, let's keep that booze going but it's, on. It's, eh? it's beautiful, that's <laughs> really nice. Um, so, Pere, he's an amazing singer but also songwriter composer and yeah no it's a really i feel really blessed today to be having this wine with this wine <laughs> with you so yeah no i'm really excited um <coughs> what do you like we'll just start with what you do now mm. as mahi because i like you know everybody sees you in all these videos but what do you do on your day-to-day right what am i working on at the moment <laughs> i am currently working on myself <laughs> i'm working on myself and and i guess focusing more on holistic health Right. And how I can better myself because a lot of my mahi actually um, is not only in music but mainly in broadcast and television as well. Um, and I host it here in my whare as well. I've got my office upstairs. Mm. Um, and really, we just focus on we meaning me, myself, and my team. <laughs> Ta da, the, the team. team. Yeah. Um, we just mainly focus on uh, creative content, um, and in particular, creative content around Te Reo Māori. Mm. And so, of course, no matter which, what type of content uh, it is, uh, there's always a foundation of Te Reo Māori. Mm. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I've seen. So is that that show you did with um if you guys have watched my previous podcast, Huyata, 
It was in your one of your ones where you did the singing one. Oh right, yes, yes, yes. That, okay, so that's under my more music. Oh, that's um, under you. Yes, oh. no. So my more music. There's different entities. So I'm actually a co-manager of my more, um, okay. and one of the directors of our company as well. And so, um, basically, all of uh, the Waiata Nation series uh, was hosted under our own Kamupini, um under ourselves as well as my more music, um, and also the team that we had involved. Um, I was on board as a director. Um, of course, Nathaniel was on. As producer um, Raniera. Raniera is another one of our members on his soundy. We're just lucky that actually uh, the majority of us uh, within Maimoa have uh, experience and background with television. And so, yeah, well, like with that Kopapa in particular, it was all under Maimoa, made by us uh, for the Rangate, for everyone as well. Um, but all of that content, yeah, was delivered and created by us. Um, I think it's been a it's been a development as we've been going through our Maimoa journey, um, trying to really establish ourselves in the industry. Yeah. Um, of course, with myself, um, uh, I've, <coughs> I've come from a reporting background of news and current affairs, um, and of course directing, and so a lot of that. Yes, I've always wanted to. Oh I've gosh. always wanted to, you know, finish with. Do uh, it. Do it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. <laughs> Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> nice. That's my audition, Tikarere. No, pick me up. It's funny you say that because actually we used to have. Did you do the pity we used to, oh, I had to. It was a requirement. And actually, on my last day, my mum always wanted me to do. And so the whole thing, and I done it on my last day. But funny you say because um, we actually had a thing going on uh, in the office to try and say. I'll sign off different every time. And so you'll hear like, Periwihongi te karere or Periwihongi te karere. Periwihongi te karere. But you know, you just change it up a little bit. Te karere. Oh, I love a little bit of picky in there. Yeah, and so I got, of course, with Mariah, with Te Karere was reporting, news reporting. And of course, I had to be a bit more like subtle and toe and, you know, not so very... um. Flamboyant, um, still stuck in the square, of course. And then as I moved mm. um, into freelancing and doing current affairs with Marai every Sundays, um, I was able to then uh, create my own company and host all of my mahi, um, whether it be reporting, whether it be directing, producing, <coughs> promoting, or performing. Um, it all comes under my own company. So even though uh, Y2 Nation, what? my company is called Y2 Limited, and oh, yeah. it's actually Y W A I and the number two. Why do I, essentially, um, and it's really about, I mean, the, the concept behind it is the aspects of performance, if anything, um, when I'm watching a Kabaka performance, there are like different elements, so you've got, of course, the visuals, everything you see that comes, that's the witty, that's the pukana, that's the choreography, um, that's the performance, then you've got everything audible. Mm. That's everything you hear, that's the notes, it's the arrangements, um, that's what's being said, the words, the lyrics, but it's what you can't see or hear but what you can feel. Um, mm. And so initially that concept really comes, it's the wairua that you feel when you're watching a performance. Um, and so that's the target, that's my target for my mahi. It's not just what you see and what you hear, it's what you feel when you, uh, I guess, involve yourself with any of the kaupapa that I'm involved in. I don't just like to look like something or sound like something, I, I like to make people feel a certain way. And so I guess um, with all of my mahi that I involve myself with, uh, under Wairua, uh, that's kind of the guiding forces 
and reminding myself as well to not just be quite surface level in all of my mahi and just present to everyone what they want to see and hear, but actually um, produce feeling, um, provoke emotion, um, and obviously, because you know, you've, you've, you've heard of those, um, that saying, I don't know how it goes, but it's like, you can't remember what you see, you can't remember what you hear, but you remember how you feel. And certain oh, performances, yeah. like you know, um, and so and it's that that memory, it's that kind of um, concept in Fakaro that really has helped me shape where I'm wanting to go with all my mahi. And so yeah, that's pretty much all my mahi and what I've been up to, and a little bit about my kaupapa. That's that's cool as. <laughs> that, honestly, that's made me rethink my whole company. So I <laughs> run a company as well. It's called Macaron Media and Limited as well, <laughs> and um. Yeah, no, I don't have no vision like that. <laughs> well, I would encourage you to do so. And, yeah. you, and it's not saying that you need to have it right now, but yeah. um, I think just going throughout my journeys and, and also with the co-papa that I've worked with, um, uh, of course, my moi, and of course, hosting my own kapahaka as well, um, I've really seen the importance of setting down your foundations, setting down your mātāpono, your mission statements and everything like that, because... When you do get into situations um, where you're a bit confused or where you're not too sure on um, where to go or whether or not to say yes to a certain kaupapa, um, th- it's those mātāpono and those founding principles that you're going to, of course, um, use as your foundations that will guide you, that'll be the decider. So if you have any concerns or doubts in any of your kaupapa that approach you, um, you just go back to those mātāpono, you go back to those guiding principles that you've set down for your company um, and it's the ho- well, it's hope that those foundations will guide you um, into any of the kaupapa that you work with. Muck around, t- what is the, like, <laughs> what's wow, the thought process the about around that? Uh, so the reason I went with muck around is, you know, it's a whakatoki we all use. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, and, it, and especially, into, like, just with my, me and my bros and my upbringing and, you know, it's either fuck. He's a muck around cunt, like <laughs> and the oh negative. Yeah, you know, I and the negative. Got to swear on these. Yeah, no, 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 Not that I'm a swear, yeah. but you know, you I know, love the freedom. Still. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, it's a fuck that muck around. You know, yeah, that, yeah. Muck around, what a muck around. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard it everywhere. Yeah. Or in the awesome light, you've been like muck around, mate. Too don't much. muck around with him. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, no. As I've heard that being used, yeah. don't muck around with him. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's it. Like when you do something awesome, and they're like, oh, "Muck around, man." Right. Yeah. Okay. So and it's yeah, it's like the it's like the yin and yang kind of feel to it. Like you know, because I think it really does describe me and my ahua tonga as a person. Love it. Yeah. Love it. <coughs> and then I wanted myself to be the brand, you know, so, but I didn't want it to be called Tohu Hollis Media. Yes, that's, that's of course, just so of bland. Yeah. I don't know. I like Tohu Hollis. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. Like, you know, Tohu Hollis. <laughs> Welcome to Tohu Hollis podcast. Muck around. <laughs> the yeah, muck around no, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah I, I really do like it. So, yeah, that's. I, I, I. My journey was a little bit different to yours. Like, I didn't get to. I started this out of nowhere, eh? Like film, mm. and I talked about this with my big brother because we did a um, podcast just the other week while he was giving me a muckle. And I oh talk- my gosh, yeah, it was cool as yeah, and you could talk during it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I did a full good podcast. on you, good on you. Oh. Can I mm. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry. you're a bit empty oh, over yeah. there. <laughs> What's oh, fill him up, fill him <laughs> up. Um, yeah, and this whole game, the whole film film and media game was a foreign concept to me at the start of last year 
and I picked up a camera, um, I did a vlog with the bros, and then I really liked the process of it. Not so much what came out of it, but I liked the process of how I got there. Well, you've got a, you've got a knack for these things, I'll tell you what, you know. <laughs> they just turned up and brought all his gear out, and then make up lights, and then he's got this colourful board over there that Wrong way. makes we a sound. Look at that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Like preloaded sound, <laughs> you've got the gears and everything, lighting. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving it. You, you're onto it. Yeah, so I love this <laughs> about it. I love everything about the process of getting to a vision. Like, you know, you get to have your vision and then it's like all these steps. Yes, to, to manifest get, it. That's to right. Bring it into, for, to fr- bring it into life, I Version, guess. Yeah. And then I did this, um, I did a video on me doing my peha, so... I did a video of me doing my peha and that went good on social media and that ended up being like people, man, show us more. And then I did one of my whanau, my mum, my brother, all of them getting their mokokoa and their matawara. Oh. So I did a big papa video and then that turned into iwis coming to see me and saying, hey, could you do that for us? Oh, nice. And then, yeah, and then just heaps of stuff like that. And then it's just turned into a job eventually where I was getting, you know, money here, money there. Oh, and even better. Like, yeah, even and then better. I was like, holy heck, I've got to do this. And I love doing this. Yeah. Oh, I can see that there's definitely a passion here. <laughs> yeah. You've you've covered all the bases, you've got all the gears. Now let's get into whatever you Yeah. Whatever you're wanting to know, Tahu, you just let me know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um so yeah, I wanna really sit down with you because you're um you're a very prominent face in Te Ao Māori, but especially in um the music industry, in the Māori music industry. Have you had any experience between, like, differences between just regular music to Māori music? Oh, my like, is there a separate Is there separation there? You know, you'd hope that there wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, but if I'm being completely honest, though, um, we're at a stage right now, and, and it's funny because we have been going through these discussions within the music industry through APRA and through other artists as well, um, into how to create a bilingual music industry. Yeah. Um, I personally don't feel like Te Reo Māori is, inclusive, uh, is included in the New Zealand music industry. When you think Kiwi music, do you think of Te Reo Māori music? No, you think Kiwi music, you think Dave Dobbin. Exactly, and exactly. And, and that's because we're not at a stage yet where actually Te Reo Ma- Māori music is being normalised. It's only normalised on social media platforms. But if you look at the uh, mainstream radio platforms, oh. when was the last time a Māori language song was included on the rotation? Uh, that one with two words, Te Wairua. Well, <laughs> no. you'd hope that that one would be, but yeah. it wasn't. What? No, Tahu. And so Did that not even ma- No. we have got nearly 10 million hits. Uh, well, see, that's the po- that's, um, a, that's a poignant like um, point there, because when we released that Waiata, um, at the same time we released it, Despacito came out as well. Right. And so, and of course, you can expect Despacito right. to be playing on mainstream radio. It's not in English, you know. Yeah. It's in Spanish. Well, not just in English. Yeah. It's in Spanish. And so it's not a point of language. It's not a language barrier. It's not a language problem at all. Right. You've That's seen that like, yeah. other languages are being included on yeah. Rotation list here in Aotearoa, oh. but where is the commitment to Te Reo Māori? And so I guess that's been our 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 journey so far. Is how do we how do we get more Te Reo Māori music into uh, these mainstream uh, platforms, in particular mainstream radio 
because it's, I believe it's not until then so we'll, we'll be able to have a bilingual, truly be able to have a bilingual music industry here in Aotearoa. If you're not hearing Leo Māori on the mainstream radio, are you telling me that we're, we're in a bilingual music industry? And can I also just say, because it's been said to me before, is it a, is it, is it a, uh, a point of quality? Is it that Māori music quality is not to the same standard uh. as English music quality? And that's, to me... That's one of the worst, arguments. worst arguments because the producers of our <laughs> mahi at, um, for, for My More Music are the likes of No Filter Studio um, and produced by Matt, um, Matt Sadgrove, Matthew Sadgrove, um, who also is a member of Sons of Zion and, and, and produces Sons of Zion's works too as well. Oh. And so it's the same producer same content quality and also there are there's the, there's the likes of um Ray. I don't know if you've heard of Ray, yeah, yeah, amazing yeah. artist. Yeah. Um and he's really um looking at Te Reo Māori into more uh, contemporary contemporary uh formats and so you'll hear rap, you'll hear different type of regga, reggaeton through his waiata. It's amazing. Here's the thing. Same artist, same producer, he produces all of his Mahithu Cog studio, amazing award winning studio. His English songs are getting picked up and put into rotation. Today I'm in a good mood. Got good friends and good food. You know? But none of his Waiata Māori are being picked up or placed into rotation. And so it isn't a, a, a question of quality, Tahu. It's a question of quality of thought. Quality of commitments by our music producers um, within mainstream radio who actually make the decisions on who goes on rotation. Um, and like you said, why do I, we know that there's a market out there and that there's an audience out there that, huge, that's hungry huge um, for Waiata Māori and, and in particular Waiata from Maimwa as well. Um, the thing is, it's being shown on online, on our own social media platform. <coughs> why do I was also... Um, uh, titled as New Zealand's most watched YouTube video of 2017. That's amongst every single YouTube video on there. New Zealand, this is a New Zealand statistics, um, the most watched video clip from New Zealanders was Wairua. Um, and so I find it crazy to believe that um, even though we, we we have that title and that it's got this X amount of views on YouTube, yet there was not one um, a mainstream radio platform that was willing to place us on rotation. But here's the thing. Um, our every radio stations have always supported us. Yeah. You'll hear my moa and Māori, Waiata Māori on every radio stations across the board. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, if we're wanting to chart... If yeah. my or if any Māori artist, Māori language artist is wanting to chart and have a Māori language song in the official New Zealand charts, part of the criteria and that gets you to that, that position is your airplay. And so instantly, okay. if you're not on rotation on any of the ma- mainstream uh, radio station rotation playlists, you're instantly disadvantaged to uh, to to chart, and so we, it's led us here. Um, oh. You know, the, the the closest thing we've done is actually charted on the um, the hot charts, which actually only collates your your sales and your streams. Okay, but the official all round charts actually collates all of your airplay and uh, and other kind of statistics that are used. 
And so we've never actually uh, made the official charts of Aotearoa. So that's that's a goal of ours. Um, of course not to use this Pākehā system as the measurement to our success. However, um, it's definitely something that we're wanting to um, achieve anyway. That's a that's a really good point. Like, you know, just because it's not um, mainstream and or anything, you don't have to chart it off that to be successful. Mm. That's what I like about what you just said. Like, you know, we could do things and in Te Aumari it might only blow up, but not in, you know, in anywhere else, but it's still successful. And... But your guys has passed just Maori success, you know, as it's it's gone past just a Maori audience, is what I mean. You know, there's ten million views. There's only five million of us in Aotearoa. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me everybody Maori played it five times <laughs> each. You know, <laughs> everybody's listening to this shit, and how couldn't they pick up on that? Well, I think, like like you said, um, we've we've had so such an overwhelming response internationally even yeah. um from releasing wild well, we've been able to travel to Rarotonga uh, we've been able to travel to Taiwan as well and we're also um teeing up our official summer calendar um coming up this weekend's uh, this the end of this year and also um an amazing opportunity that we've been offered um, within the new year that I'm not allowed to release at this moment stay tuned stay tuned right. stay tuned is all I can say yeah. um but it's yeah now we're real eager to um, carry on working on working on this mahi, and I think the reminder for us is that we're not doing this to chart. Of course, it's a goal, but that's yeah. not what we're doing. While we're doing it, right. the foundations of my is actually Fidel Maori, and mm. so it's doing everything that we can to not only normalise the language, but also inject Fidel Maori into the New Zealand music industry. And also to inspire all of our Māori, um, in, in particular our rangatahi and our tamariki growing up to show them how cool actually te reo Māori is and how, uh, how much it can help and assist us in whatever we do. All of my mahi that I've done has, been into, well, uh, has evolved around te reo Māori. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that I guess um, uh, te reo Māori would be uh, the be all and end all uh, for everyone. Yeah. Um. But in, uh, for our particular situation, um, you know, that's that's really what we're we're wanting to do is to um hype up Te Reo Māori amongst our tamariki, amongst our rangatahi. Right. Um. We've got plenty of parents now bringing up their kids into Reo Māori and only playing Māori language music on their school rides, on their rides to kōhanga, on their yeah. drop offs, to the, on the way to work. Um. At different kaupapa now and events, there is a commitment for Te Reo Māori. Um. But that's all at our Māori events. Now what we're trying to do is push all of this out into mainstream as well. Yeah. Um, mainstream Pākehā, of course. Um, we've got our own mainstream in Te, in te Ao Māori. Yeah. And I feel like, um, that, like Rob Ruha said, um, mainstream for us is our own mainstream. There's two different perspectives, of course. There's the Pākehā mainstream, which is, a, a, in a sense, a majority. Right. Um, but for Māori, we have our own mainstream. We've got our own tikanga, we've got our own mātāpono, and that's where we should be, um, we, we, sh we should be headed to. Mm. Right. As, yeah, so you talk about, um, about you know, whakanuia te reo Māori, and that's your guys' goal, you know, to get our tamariki excited about our reo. 
that's the whole goal around that that those water and that music industry for you guys. Um, have you? Do you guys know how to scale it? Like, if it's actually having effect. Yeah. Well, I, I I guess we haven't got an official like measurement or a, yeah. an official scale, but I mean the the scale for us is the response and feedback that we get. It isn't any of the statistics collated by a so and so organisation, a Malawi girl over there. Yeah. Um, it's actually collated by one, whether or not we're happy with it as my moi, um, and and I guess the goals that we decide to achieve if we're happy with them. Um, two, our whānau feedback. Our whānau feedback is everything, and if our whānau are happy with it, flat out. Um, three would be the feedback and response that we get from our whānau that follow us right. and support our, our waiata. It'll be the <coughs> videos that we get tagged in of tamariki listening yeah. and dancing to the waiata. Yeah. It'll be the videos that get sent into us of people singing our songs um, and enjoying them. It'll be the videos that are that are sent of people listening to this waiata overseas. YouTube videos of international bloggers, vloggers, um, listening to the waiata and reacting, um, and just getting a gauge of everyone's, I guess, response to yeah. our type of music, our vocals, and our arrangements. Um, and of course, you've got the uh, very shallow um, measurement of uh, social media. Um, and that's what we're trying to like steer away from, is right. not to base our measurement and judgment off how many likes and shares and uh, rat streams and everything that we're getting. Because of course that is still something, and we are still very well supported in that area. But our measurement is actually, um, it's actually a ro- a, a revolved around our matapuno and our 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 beliefs. We have. Um, I guess our own intentions with my more uh, to maintain uh, aroha, manakitanga, kotahitanga, uh, reo Māori te tāhuhu, um, and whānau. And so those are our five po of our whare. And everything we do, as long as uh, those whare, uh, those po are intact, that is our measurement of our own personal success. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know got if I'm you gotta wrangle me in sometimes so I can just go on and like <laughs> no, 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 and I sometimes lose myself. So you know, no, that's a beautiful for Carl to me. you know, instead of letting anybody else tell you what it's worth, knowing your guys' own self worth and your own mata up on what you said, you know, mm. what the purpose is behind it. And that's yeah, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful corridor. Who who led you into this? Music industry, like what? What happened? When did you know, man? I'm you gonna know do. What? Music. There is no, there is no security guard. There's no <laughs> doorkeeper. There's no gatekeeper to the music industry world. Oh no, sorry. Let anyone can, anyone can go into it. You yeah, know? you just. Um, I think in, in terms of enabling us, um, well, with my more in particular, because I actually didn't get into the music industry until I was with well the professional music industry until my more. Um, and that K-pop was, um, of course, collated by Cinco Cine and Marama Jones. Yeah. Um, and we were brought together because of the statistics in 2016 that showed the declining rate of Māori speakers here in Aotearoa. In a space and time where we thought we were developing and growing our real and we were getting more and more speakers, right. that, was, that was very concerning to us. So actually, the reason why we were brought together as artists is because... 
we had all released uh, our own personal uh, videos. Myself and my sister, Hiraho, was our first little video that we released. And then, of course, the Urufe 2 lot. And then we had just different singers and talents, Katirama, Meto, and of course our Pukana presenters at the time. Um, and so they were all collated, all random rangatahi Māori who were um, on, known online for social media um, for singing. Um, and the, the real intention of that was to create a We Are The World. I seen, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, we're back. We're back. That was like a sprinkle of fairy dust. <laughs> everybody says, get, that sound gets everybody. <laughs> like ah, everybody. That, just, uh, uh, that injected me with, with a burst of, of glitter. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> boppity boo. Yeah. How? Um, have, you, have you noticed? Oh no, let's talk glitter. Let's talk you. Your <laughs> glitter. Okay. <laughs> great segue. Your, great yeah, yeah. segue. Great segue. <laughs> Your glitter. And, you know, I've, I've heard. Oh, sorry. Is that sorry, it's like That's your one. That, is it only your left ear? Is this the top one? No, no, you're the left one. Oh, yeah, yeah I can hear it now. Okay. So. There it is. <laughs> There's everyone. Sorry about that. No, no, Fana. Um, So, you know, there's this, like, I, I don't know why, and you would have been asked this a lot, like, when people say, when did you come out? And things like that. It's like, but they've, they've been there the whole time. Yes. And, and I think, oh, like, Especially in my whānau, my dad really um, had a problem when I was little around, you know, just takatapu in, mm. in particular. And he would use, like, derogatory language, gay, fags, whatever it was, yeah. just at everything. Like, you know, putting a negative connotation on it, like making it a negative thing. And I never, ever, like, kind of bought into it because I was just like, for what? For who? For Why? And I had this discussion with my dad, and I, I would have been like five when he said something like, that's gay, son. And I was like, well, what's wrong with being gay? And then I thought it was like a choice, like a choice to be gay right, when yes, I was little. Yeah, yeah, yes. And I was like, maybe I'm gay. Maybe I want to be gay <laughs> to my dad. Wow, I love that, I know. the consciousness. Yeah, it was something in me when I was little. I could like see it for what it was. I was like, what's wrong with it? Like, <laughs> I was like, tell me what's wrong with it. Like, I, I wanted to know why it was wrong. You know, why in modern society it was wrong. So I asked him, tell me what's wrong with it. And he goes, and I stumped him. And he, he, he changed his ways, like, on the spot. Like, honestly, like, my sister, my little sister, she is, um, like, her best friend, Aaron. He's, you know, gay takatapui man. Yes, Aaron. And he comes, stays with us, like, stays at my whare, and my dad loves him. Mm. And, like, I've seen this whole change in him, and that's what made me believe in society can change. Because if you meet my my papa, he's... You know, North man, North hard, <laughs> why my heart? He was, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. he, it's only because he never thought of it, like, of how, how there is nothing different. And I was, and that's when, and I, he, he explained it to me when I was, little, like, when I was growing up, he's like, you changed my perspective on it when you're little, when you ask, what's wrong? You know, because it's drilled into us that there's a negative kind of thing behind it. And yes, yes, it is. And it's, it amazes me because it's just like how blind are people, and and like especially Maori people saying, I've heard people being like, 
our tipuna would never allow that. And I've heard corridor around Takatapu people having their own mana back in mm. our day. And because it's like modern society has actually reshaped the way we think of it. You're so right. I mean, our, our perspective changed once Pākehā arrived yeah, to our shores. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's not only through, of course, tikanga Pākehā, but of course, um, tikanga Atua, um, yeah. when religion came in as well. Right. Um, that was a huge push. Um, religion was it. Eh? You know, that, that, it was, yeah. you know, when religion came, we were specifically from where we're from, Te Tai Tokiro, mm. re- re- when religion came, our carvings were seen as the devil. Our ways were seen as savage, you know, and so they quickly Bible bashed us and ch- and flipped our perspective. And so um, I do I do empathise for um, our older generation who were brought up. You know, they know they know no better. Yeah. Um, like you said, it was drilled into us. Yeah, um, it was drilled into our people and our. And you're telling me I I am one. Like literally, my sister's the only girl. Yeah. Born girl, yeah. um, and we've got uh, I've got a whanau of boys, and so you could just imagine as well the comments flying left, right, and centre. It's yeah. a, and it's a typical Northland, um, it's typical rural as well, right? Um, especially for um, uh, communities where uh, coloured and queer people aren't seen uh, as as much, um, and so I think um, you actually it's, it's, it's actually. Amazing to hear that you were you were so conscious at such an early age, um, and that you were a, you were able to identify that at such an early age as well. Because it it, it is it isn't until someone like an innocent child comes back and and asks those questions and challenges them because of course the innocence is coming from an obliviousness a naivety of knowing how society runs yeah. and of course you asking you simply asking your papa well what's wrong with being gay that. It took that question to really challenge his thoughts and perspectives around it. Um, and that's exactly the question. What One, what's wrong with it? And two, how's it affecting you? Yeah. You know, so... Um, I, I just have no time for anything. <laughs> like anybody else, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, let alone who's <laughs> gay or who's, like, you know... Anything like I couldn't care less if it's not me, <laughs> and I hear and, yeah. and uh, you're right. It is using those, um, those those words, and of course as insults. You yeah, know? Right. like you said, gay, oh fag, and you know everything like that. Well, what's wrong with it? And because we've been using it as insults for so long, mm. it's then been seen as something bad to be. Mm. Um, which then makes it harder for people to, as you mentioned, come out. With myself, I've always been quite feminine. I've always, not from an early age, actually. Like, right. you know, I can't remember once being straight. Like, you know, there's not... <laughs> like, the I one time when yeah, you've seen I, a little I, girl. Honestly, I can't remember <laughs> once. Yeah. I mean, of course I can remember trying at one point in my life where I thought, oh my God, is it that bad to be gay? Do I need to live a straight life? And actually... Considering and following through with some of the things that a typical heterosexual male would go through just because of the fear of those words being flown, flown around as an insult and me thinking that that's a bad thing to do. So it actually uh, hasn't been since, I guess, finding my own confidence and finding friends. You know, the type of people that I hung around were, were girls. I just naturally um, uh, gravitated towards my sisters um, because, one, they always understood me. They never had, they very rarely ever judged me. And so 
Actually, you mentioning Aaron, I could just imagine your sister being that person for Aaron or for the likes of Aaron. Yeah. You know who who do give them give gives myself a sense of comfortability, um, and also a friend there to listen to. Femininity is something huge, and I'm um, um, you know there's there's been a huge shift in perspective actually because of social media because you're you're seeing much more exposure of takatapu tanga, and it doesn't have to be flamboyant like make up this and that but even just There's discussions no yeah you don't yeah. have to be feminine yeah. to be gay and yeah, you don't have right. to be um i guess uh masculine to be straight like you know there's different mm. aspects of um of both sexuality um and gender and actually one thing that i read up the other day was um it's not a it's not a case of where we are on this line of yeah yeah a spectrum like yeah that's not a class of where we are on the spectrum we're actually made from stardust we are the galaxies they're galaxies within us and we're not limited to just one dot on a spectrum (laughs) like you know we are the galaxy we are the spectrum of anything um and so it's completely the the perspective has changed and i've seen that there's of course, there's still toxic traits there. Yeah. And it's not going to be like a, you wake up the next morning and, oh, toxic masculinity is gone. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a transition, it's a transition phase. And I, th- I feel like we're slowly gaining consciousness and we're awakening to a different type of consciousness as well. I mean, part of that is understanding, I guess, how we are as people and returning back um, to our, our, like I said, the tūpuna, whakaro tūpuna, and how our ancestors managed prior to the influence of white supremacy, which we know is toxic. That's where the real <laughs> toxic is, white supremacy. So, yeah. okay, how can we go back to the way our tūpuna lived? I can guarantee, I can say right now, there is research. Someone tell me, someone show me the research that says this Takatapu had no place in a pa. Show me, tell me, show me the research that says that there were no roles in Takatapu Tanga because there's every single single research and writing thesis as well um, around places in which Takatapu would be settled um, in education, in midwifery, um, in kayako. That's, yeah. You know, there are roles everywhere. And they're actually stories. Um, yeah. When the LGBT, when when the Gay Marriage Act was coming up, it was uh, Te Uruof Blavel, um who actually brought uh, to the table a story of Tutanekai uh, and Tiki. So everyone's familiar with Tutanekai and Hinemoa. Yeah. Um, however, uh, I would I would recommend doing your own research on this, but to look into the kōrero of Tutanekai and Tiki, um, and actually recalls. Um, back in the 1800s of uh, the relationship and it was said that they had a takatapu relationship Tutanekai had a takatapu relationship with Tiki um, prior to Hinemoa and the, and, and the relationship between it is actually quite beautiful um, yeah. in terms of how they settled and how everything happened and panned out and all of this writing is all online, it's all in libraries so feel free to do your own <laughs> research at Tefano. Uh, however, um, uh, you know, it, it is... It, it is all about doing our research and, and challenging yeah. those thought processes like you did when you were a five-year-old boy. Yeah. How about that would have been like, oh, only 16 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> asking, uh, genuinely asking as well, 
what is wrong with Takata Fritanga? Yeah. And um, it's those kind of questions and that kind of challenging of thought perspective that really creates change. So, you know, you, you create a change in your whanau, Tahu. Very proud, very proud. <laughs> no, well, cheers to that. Cheers. cheers. Clink, cheers. clink, yeah, yeah, clink, yeah. clink at the Mm. Me, like, uh, like I just think it's common sense and you'd just be absolutely naive to think, you know, because gayness and takatabuitanga, it isn't a concept, you know, <laughs> like, and to think that it's a modern concept introduced, like, of course it was there, you, <laughs> like, dumbasses, of course exactly. it was in our life the whole time, it's never been a new thing, it's not something, and like we said, not a thing by choice, because I actually said to Dad, like, I want to choose to be gay to piss you off. Here's the thing, though. I really think that they just introduced these kind of spectrums to create more more and further segregation. So it's up to us as Māori Whoa. to mobilise ourselves. Is that where the conspiracy is? <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone conspiracy Oh, there's no conspiracy uh. at all. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The intention of white supremacy and, and how we've been colonised was to... Of course, separate, divide and conquer. And put that's, somebody that's at the, the top. Exactly. The and, and aspects of that table. are not just war. <laughs> They're not just, I guess, yeah. annexation and um, removal of language and, I guess, jailing our people. It does come with challenging their thoughts and concepts around themselves. Yeah. Um, sexism, of course, homophobia, um, monogamy. Uh, Misogyny, but even monogamy, all of those, yeah, monogamy, yeah. even yes, yeah, monogamy, misogyny, and all of those genies, um, <laughs> you know, they are there to kind of uh, divide and conquer. We never had those, yeah, those rules and to um, prior to arrival. However, those are the effects, and we're still we're living in the the results and aftermath of that. Yeah. So it's our responsibility to really contribute and to really um, do whatever we can create that shift and to um, ensure that that shift is coming with the best intentions for our people. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, Fikaro, beautiful, you know, corridor around that. And that's that's where wānanga is so crucial, you know. Ask questions that you're actually wondering, like, just ask. And, and, and you'll find something out, you know. And, and my thing about it is, like, the reason I asked my dad when I was five is because I've always questioned everything. Even tikanga, like I can't take somebody's word for mm. gospel. Yeah, I think it's just in me. There's just something about it that I need to. I you need to convince me. There's that's a curiosity right. there, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. and you're right. And I think that curiosity actually um helps people. Curious people, you know, you hear curiosity killed the cat. Well, that's wrong curiosity. This <laughs> this curiosity here is actually something that uh, it, it's. It's it's like Maui. Maui was always curious. Yeah. He was always quite sinihanga and trying to find different ways and different um, thought process, challenging for people's thought pro- processes. And these are the stories and um, I guess uh, yeah, Paki Waitara that we were all brought up with as Maori. Um, and so that kind of curiosity uh, to change and to have that wānanga mm. and to have those discussions is exactly why I believe we as Maori and we as Indigenous people. We're so rich in knowledge and in yeah. tradition because we did have that wānanga. And, I mean, just to bring it back to here, um, to contemporise it, this platform here, Tahu, is wānanga. And the fact that yeah. you're, you're, you're creating wānanga, not only are we having this now, but the fact that you'll then be able to share that wānanga with others, yeah. 
we're living in a new digital age now, and that is something that's something special. So all of these, all of this cordial, I would hope would be lessons for Fano. Yeah. Um, it's just now trying to get all these messages and get this wānanga to the people. So yes, no, you're uh, this mahi here, mahi wānanga, Fano te wānanga ko ko Yeah, no, it's and I found that I found that, and it's it really is valuable. It's invaluable, you know, like you can't you can't put enough emphasis on people. Like for me, go chase knowledge, you know, that's mm. what it is. And I think, not that I'm saying I'm a knowledgeable person or even this type of intellect, but this is an opinion for you to base your knowledge off. Mm-hmm. And then your opinion, you know, and then there's two opinions, boom. And now their opinion turns into three people's opinions, turns into a stronger a stronger individual opinion. That's exactly it. And I think, like, in these situations, especially when, we, when we're trying to search for information, mm. um, it's not about, it's like you said, don't take people's word for it. Do your own research. I yeah. personally get anxiety <laughs> when I'm talking about things or, or, um, or I say things that I actually don't know for, for fact or don't have proper deeper understanding of. So I try and veer away from it or clearly state that it's my personal opinion and that it's like right. actually not... 100% researched and justified yeah. um, but it does show the importance of researching and we've got so many tools now mm. to be able to get get that research in an instant type of thing and everything like that but you know <coughs> all of this mahi is yeah the resources are endless and even going back to what I was doing before learning our real you know the resources are endless you can learn anything if you want to so just want more logic, knowledge, Fane. Want to know more. You know, there's never enough learning. There's and here's the thing, else. like I think especially with um our Mahi and Waiata and specifically with Maori language learning, um, that's an I think that's a key thing in our Mahi, um, in our commitment to Te Reo Maori with my more is that we know that subconsciously when people listen to our songs, they're also picking up the Māori language, the words in it as well. So uh. without them even realising, without them even thinking, they're learning te reo Māori when they listen to our waiata. And so if we use that as, I guess, a, a, an example um, for all of our mahi that we do, as soon as people hear wairua, they'll say wairua. You know, that's, them saying wairua is them speaking te reo Māori. So we're increasing the amount of people that, one, are exposed to te reo Māori, two, no, a Māori language word, but three can also say it. Ah. And so all of this mahi, all of these like you know resources, like you said, and in teaching te reo Māori, um, it really does come through and through when when we talk music and when we talk waiata. And I mean, it's different with kapaka because, of course, it's a different element of performance and portraying and conveying the message. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to um, produced studio produced work um, and Pop music, like the the waiata that we do with uh, my moi, um, it is. It's subconsciously. It's almost like propaganda. Mm. Like, you know, we are You're subconsciously putting it there. putting te reo Māori <laughs> in their head because we're not only we're not producing in one language. We're producing in two languages: mm. te reo Māori and music. Music is an international language. Anyone can understand music. Wow. Of course, and, and even to the point, like, you don't have to hear it, yeah. you can feel music. 
So even people who are tutti, who can't hear, they can still feel vibrations. Music is an international language that can touch anyone and everyone. And so, okay, if we know that, if that's our first language, the second language is te reo Māori to inject it. And, And it's in no particular order of importance, but just to acknowledge that there are two languages in our mahi. It is te reo Māori, but it is also music as well. And that's why I feel it's a subtle propaganda kind of like, you know, we are um, subconsciously injecting te reo Māori into people's minds without them even realising. And the best part is it's not just been Māori. It's not just been people here in Aotearoa. Um, but we've had a, an overwhelming response from uh, Polynesians. The Polynesian yeah. community are one of our biggest supporters. Of and of course, all of our whanau in Australia and Ahitradia, yeah. um, who are homesick and who are craving yeah, for yeah, more waiata. Or come home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all What's that. What's up to you anyway? Come home, get back to your park. And they're craving <laughs> for te reo Māori content and for yeah. things Māori. And so all of this waiata and all of these projects are actually feeding our people, but also... Then I'm hearing, uh, you know, people in completely different languages. Um, I, I went over to Hawaii last year uh, for a, a complete other kaupapa when uh, I went into one of the schools um, and they had translated um, my moatia into um, Hawaiian language. Oh. And see, so even that messaging and even that's kind of encouraging because, of course, um, Maori are actually one of the most, I guess, uh, confident and strongest indigenous communities. Um, yeah. We're actually uh, uh, trailblazing the way in which indigeneity is incorporated into the modern day world. 100%. Following, of course, colonization, heavy colonization. And so, yeah. you know, where we've actually situated ourselves as Maori, um, we are now the example for indigenous communities. And so, uh, Kaupapa like Maimoa, um, in particular with music and even things like animation. So um, um, I, I not only do work um, with just produced music, but also animations, things like Dora the Explorer, um, uh, when it was translated, one? Dora Matatoa. No, no, no. Um, oh, Moana even translated. Oh, yes, Moana translated into Reo Māori. Yes, that's Everything. exactly. And we have uh, even produced cartoons here in Aotearoa. Uh, Pipima, of course. Oh, and, Takuro of course, Tribe. Takuro Tribe. Yeah, shout out Makaira. Love yes, you. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> funny story about that. Takuro Tribe. Because, um, like, our nieces and nephews are just glued glued to their bloody iPads, you know. Yeah. Maranga. Makara come home for um for our Mokopapa because she's really close with um my sister in law Mariana Manuel. Oh, uh, Mariana right, yeah, yes. yeah, she used to perform for typical Atika and that. But anyway, her babies are just like obsessed. Obsessed with buddy <laughs> <laughs> with the Taco Trump and Makara and um we're just sitting there and she just started playing. <laughs> and all the babies turned and they were like, What? And she's like, Oh yeah, that's my show. And they were like, You're not but it's amazing. And that's something again where, you know, our generations it doesn't matter what age you are, you can be touched by it. Yes. And it's as simple as that, you know, and not only that, but it come through water. That's mm. what stuck so much for those kids. And I see my little nieces dancing to this water and all that. And I was like, that's instant real. You know, that's instant Māori tanga. 
that's what it comes down to being mm. Maori and they're proud to be it. That's exactly and it happens it. there. That's exactly it. And you know, I remember feeling that feeling when I was younger and I was watching shows like Tiki Tiki. Yeah, yeah. Tiki <laughs> Love me the Winnie Tanafano. Yeah. Like, you know, they were the goals. They were goals. And the, the songs that they used to sing as well, we were learning them. Yeah. Seeing examples of young kids, um, I mean, a young Tupotahi. Uh, presenting in Te Reo Māori with such confidence. Like, mm. you know, that inspired me as a young Māori and seeing actually where Māori tanga can get us. And so I guess what we're trying to do is not only um, uh, create new spaces and achieve new goals, but also prepare, prepare the Māori music industry for the next generation mm. who are just going to come through and exceed. And that's what we're wanting. We're not wanting to set the standard in. Nope, no one touch us. We're wanting to set the standard and kill so us. that other people, so that the future generations are going beyond. would be selfish to say that we are the be-all and end-all. Our job is purely to lay down the, a pathway or to lay down examples um, cool. and toida yeah. that will enable the next round of musicians and Māori musicians to come through with ease and come through with confidence um, so that by the time they get into the music industry, they are hitting the ground running. There are so many talented Māori. There are so uh, many talented singers. Yeah. And, and it's something natural. We are known, Māori are known across Polynesia, across the world for being able to sing. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it, it's not just because... Of, of the amazing singers and artists that we have, but it's because of things like kapahaka mm. and the marae and having all of these even the spaces. Haka. Yep, even the haka, having all, all these black. spaces. Yep. Music is a part of our life as Māori. Growing up, we've yeah, always had yeah. it there. We always know why it's a totoko. We <laughs> always know to do it. And so you have to sing. You would have, if you're a Māori and you haven't sung a why totoko ever in your life, you need to reevaluate yourself. <laughs> Then that's on you. Eh? That is on you. Yeah. Everyone has gone through a Waiata Totoko, yeah. whether, you know, I've gone through it at shy stages right. and till, until it was whipped out of me by my by my grandparents and seeing the Waiata Totoko for them, eh, and yeah. getting up all shy and everything and then getting the evils. Eh, so that kind of confidence has been whipped out of me. However, um, you know, those kind of experiences have grown us as Māori, have yeah. developed our singing skills, and that's why I believe we are so talented in performance and vocals and yeah. um, composing as well and poetry and articulating ourselves. It's just... Trying to trying to create a, a, an industry or a space here in Aotearoa mm. where um, Māori can thrive and included. Mm-hmm. Inclusive, All inclusivity right. is key. We need to stop another thirty minutes and another wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're back. We're back. So we'll start with our little fairy dust. <laughs> um, where were we? Oh, Pato Te Fakuma. That's um <coughs> something I struggled with growing up. So I. Grew up, you know, Kuruko Papa. I, uh, you know, spoke out real at home in Kura, and um, you know, Iharauite Tino Matato. You know, I can I can call it all in a wakato ki whoever. You know, it doesn't matter to me. I get that shyness around um older like and real matanga real like that type of thing. That's something for me. Like that's actually a thing for me. Like people panes all those fellas. Like I get like the whole honestly. Heck. But the thing where I struggled 
was being fucking out of being a Maori. So when I went to um, when I was at school, I was year six. I was at this Kurukapapa <laughs> Te Kurukapapa Maori or Fakuatea, and I this golfing like you know these like you know when um all those people come sports people come to schools, they came to our school. And I was, oh, I never played golf in my life. Oh, kia ora. Come in, ma. We are we. Don't mind us. Kia ora, tu whare. This is my time. Ma, this is tahu. Kia ora. Yeah. No, so I I was at this day at Akura and these sports people came and they taught us golf. That was the sport they were teaching us that day. And <coughs> I never played golf in my life and I picked up a golf stick and I hit this ball and I hit every target they were saying to hit, like that they, they put out, and I was landing it in these buckets and everything, and they were like, holy heck, <laughs> 10. Right. And St. Peter's, Cambridge, have you heard of it? No, no, could have, I'm not. Could have down in Cambridge. Oh, right, 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 I can't And okay. one of the most rich, you know, this is T. Hay to the park here. Right, This right, is right, down right, there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are proper. They are proper rich. It is, it's 50,000 a year or something to go there. And they came to one of my golf tournaments and I won the tournament being so young, 10. And one of the coaches there came up and seen me and he was like, hey, we've got a big golf academy at Akura. Would you like to come? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I went and talked to mum and dad and they were like, oh, well, you want to go to this school? Why? And I was like, oh, they said they're going to play. I, I could play golf there. And I was like, oh, yeah. At 11 to go play golf at this white parkour school. And I go to this kura. And I was just like amazed by money and everything. It was just like resources. Resources. That's mm. what it was. It was they had their own driving range mm. and putting greens at the scooter. It's out the gate. Okay, the scooter is out the gate. And and I went there and all of a sudden, uh, you know, I'm fair. I'm a fair Maori man. Like not feared white, but. You know, I'm not dark. You wouldn't catch me on the side and be like, wow, look at that black fella. I went to this kura, I was black. You know, people were like, who's the black boy? And I was like, a little bit of me was like, who? Oh, I'm black. Because <laughs> my. Flattered. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually flattered. Because that's Thank cool. That was Thank cool. You. Yeah, that was cool when we were. I am. It is me. It is I. Yeah, and my dad's, he's a black man. My mum's um, a very, very fair Māori lady. And yeah, so I go to this kura and now I'm black. And I was like, what the heck? And then, you know, I was really, really, you know, just, I had a small vocabulary, Pakeha vocabulary. And I, I had the, you know, the slang, the bloody hoariness about me, the everything, you know, and <coughs> I was constantly mocked for like, look at this Maori boy, Mary boy. And that, took it out of me i was like man that's not cool to be moldy that was the first time i realized there's a segregation that's when i realized there's a separation between our both both of our worlds because my nana <coughs> my grandma is full pakia lady married to a moldy man but that's what i thought of pakia that they're all like my nanny and you know they have brown mokopuna and all yeah, that and yes. I, I thought it was just normal to be pakia and i'd never been introduced to this world but when i went there i lost my whole sight, my whole vision of being Māori, I thought it was like, man, I'm not cool anymore. This isn't cool. Everybody else here is mocking me for my real, for my ahuatanga, everything about me, my wide work, bro. They were killing me for it. And, and it ate away at me because I was like, then who am I? 
Because that's who I was, eh? Māori. That's who we are as Māori people. We all refer back to our iwi. Where you from? It's not where you're living, like the Bakia people. It's where our tipuna lived. It's where our tipuna bre- born and bred. It's where our marae is. Yeah, it's where, where our, our mountain is. Everything, everything. That's it's where you ask when you ask. I, and it, that's actually funny because, yeah, every time every time people do ask, it's like, where are you from? Like, where do I live? Or like, where am I from? from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's even weird. And so I went there and I lost it. I lost, I lost this fucking, the passion to be Māori. And I lost the, you know, just how cool it is and how special it is to be Māori. But I found it again through Fano and through, I left that kura when I was about 18 for, for rugby now. Now I'm playing rugby and I was good at that and now handballs. <laughs> sporty guy. I was a sporty guy. Yeah, I was a sporty guy. You smart, couldn't tell. You, you know? couldn't tell. But I, you know, I can actually. <laughs> yeah, you've got the sportsman build. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went to handballs for being uh, for um, year 11 upwards. And now, you know, you're a unicorn if you call it or if you're if you're matato enough to speak and yeah, yes. and now you're a unicorn for that and I'm like, oh now I'm cool here because I can do that you know and then it was like holy heck what were all those years for what was that shyness for what was that fakama about me being me and that's something I I think has changed like now real you guys have done it yourselves like my more has made it kind of acceptable in society and cool to kōrero te reo Māori. And that's where I think you guys have made such an impact. That's where I measure it when you guys, when I was talking to you about measurement before. That's where I measure it because there has been a shift as much as, you know, not a massive shift. There's still mad racism out there and all that. But that's where I've seen the shift with our tamariki, all the rangatahi coming up, is that Māori tanga is now cool and you're, you're lucky Hey, they say you're so lucky that you have your real. And and I'm like, holy heck, I was on both sides. I was on both sides of this. And now I am lucky. I I, I am so lucky that I was grew up in Te Māori, Māori Tikanga, Māori Mata Pono, and Māori Real. And that's where I encourage all of our Māori Fano, even Pakeha Fano, you want to pick it up, go for it. There's resources. And Especially our kids, man, do not be shy to be who you are, and you are Maori. That's exactly it. You know, you're not, you're not taka tapu. You're not, you're not anything else. You're yes, Maori. Yes, that's where the the change, and yes. that's where it should be. That's where the focus should be. Eh? Well, I think like even in going into that discussion, um, you're right in that um, that kind of internal debate, that that battle in your head along. Um, along the lines of identifying yourself confidently as Māori, um, has been a battle that's been going on for a while now. Mm. Um, and so, of course, I, I believe that it's still going for some of our Māori. It's still happening for some yeah. of our Māori, trying to feel comfortable around that. Um, and it is. It's a reflection of the spaces that you're in. So, of course, if you look at that kura, um, and, of course, the majority, you're a minority. Yeah. And, a, and it isn't easy being a minority, which um, you will know the most. Yeah, uh, well, oh, exactly. And you are so, the most minority there could be. But look at you. like you've get, It's given you confidence. It's given you that thought perspective and that change, uh, that shift of paradigm yeah. when you now look at te reo Māori. Um, and also, I think one of the poignant things that you've pointed out is um, 
the the thought process of being lucky to be able to speak to your Maori, eh? Mm. And uh, I think that's what been one of the things that I'm still kind of navigating where I sit on that statement because I, I'm always told that as well. I'm lucky to know te reo Māori and I'm privileged to, to know te reo Māori. And to a certain extent, I agree, but I don't believe that the privilege is knowing our language. That's a right. We have a right to know our language. We're not uh, lucky to know our Every single one of us mm. have a right to know our language. It isn't a privilege. It isn't luck. Mm. It is our right. And so, yes, knowing our language is our, is our right, but the privilege is more so in our upbringing mm. and in our whānau. So for myself, I can identify that I have been privileged. I've been privileged to have supportive parents. Um, my papa always spoke to us in te reo Māori. He, he taught us to speak te reo Māori. My mum... Uh, it's the same. She's very my my papa's uh, brown male from the north, and my my mum's very fair Maori, mm. a woman from the north as well. And so there's two different worlds. Where my papa is entrenched in uh, Te Reo Maori and Mitangapuhi, mm. uh, whereas my mother was the English aspect, and she balanced us out. She taught me how to read English. Um, and so I guess I, I, I'm privileged in that sense. I'm privileged also in the sense that my whānau um, are, you know, a, a very, a, that we're stable and that we do have our own, our, our own kāinga and that we, were, we, we never financially were in a struggling position. So yes, there's, there's privilege there. However, the privilege for me is not knowing my language. I'm not lucky to know my language it's a right it's my right to know my language it's a right to know your language and mm, I think that's, that's where good. we need to kind of shift um, and especially when when that kind of thought process is placed on us as Māori speakers that we're lucky mm. that we're lucky that we need te reo Māori mm. like you said there are plenty of resources there mm. it's not luck that I can <laughs> that I learnt te reo Māori <laughs> yeah it's time, it's persistence, it's right. commitment that learnt te reo Māori. It wasn't mm. luck yeah. that got me my native tongue. It was the commitment and dedication that my parents placed into me, that my tūpuna also placed into me, and that I placed into it itself. Like you said, like myself personally, I once I left the confinements of Kurakaupapa, where I am the majority... I everyone is yeah. Māori. Yeah. Everyone is confident. Maybe <laughs> yeah. the only minority I was in was the fact that in my school, eighty percent of our faculty and our people, uh, our uh, students were from Tuhoi. So of course, my the minority was that I was from up north. <laughs> yeah. And so, like you Did know, they, and that's all good. Yeah. Because we're still under the same whakaaro. Mm. Um. And so I, I feel like that contributed to my confidence in my Māori tanga and in myself, um, and in my upbringing. But when once I left school. And went directly into tertiary. Um, I was a unicorn. Right. I was in uh, a South Seas Women Television, um, where there would only be like around about 150 students a year, the intake. Um, and of that, there were literally only about 10 to 15 who are Māori. And of that, there would literally only be about five that could speak to their Māori. Mm. Um, and so, you know, once I, w- once I went into that industry, um, it is riveted with white mm. everywhere, everywhere. And so our job was then to colour. 
colour those white spaces and really um, inject more Māori tanga into these weird spaces. So even like, you know, going to that uh, uh, prestigious kura with all the real stuff, that having Māori placement and I bet like even just you being there could have been a proving point for some of those, for some of the members at that kura who aren't exposed to many Māori. Like you said, it was very white, the uh, majority was white, everyone was white, and you were, you were known as the black boy, or, you know, um, and so I guess going off that, um, it really does show, when we go out into the mainstream world, into uh, uh, Parker predominant spaces, mm. um, you know, I think the confidence really should come within us. Mm. Um, no matter where we are and the confidence comes from knowing that Māori tanga is my superpower it literally is my superpower it really is and so I really how do we make others understand that yeah. Māori tanga is our superpower and why? because we have knowledge that stretches thousands of years back yeah. of the cosmos navigation across the sea that's that's Māori uh, cultivation, yeah, um, environment, yeah, all of this information that has only this year been acknowledged as science oh, through Dr. Rangi Matamua, that we're able to really understand how powerful we are as Māori, mm. and so I think for myself personally, in finding that confidence, and you know, wepui tera fakama, right. Um, it was really around myself and my own confidence in myself. Like you said in the beginning, like I, I get anxiety when I'm speaking to prolific speakers as well. So like you know, when people say like you, you get that kind of like oh, uncomfortability, not uncomfortability, but not com- not comfortability for sure. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So like you're, you're comfortable, you're, like, like you're uncomfortable, but you're definitely not comfortable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I always got that, and and you know I think it, it, it's about strengthening that. It's about experiencing mm. that. You don't grow in comfortable spaces. It's not until you're put in uncomfortable right, spaces. Right, you don't to, grow. Yeah, hey, you not do growing, not grow in comfortable spaces. spaces. There's a there's a kiwaha, um, actually that were that I heard um, through my experience with Tepanekiri Tanga, um, and it was. Comfortability is the enemy of potential. And so it's it's understanding that that uncomfortability you felt, you can either do two things. You can reject it mm. and just keep the way you're going or you can embrace it and challenge yourself and push yourself. And that's how I got through it. That's literally how I got through it. I was working on shows like Ako, um, hosted by Pania Papa, who's like literally mm. one of the smartest, <laughs> smartest body linguists right. known. And the anxiety that I faced as a fluent Māori speaker, yeah, 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 yeah. all my life, yeah. first language speaker at that, yeah. the anxiety that I faced, and I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. To all of you out there who say you didn't, you was lying, unless you was brought up in Te Panikide. I was intimidated. Um, I was intimidated and I got so much anxiety speaking to her. And I actually communicated that to her. I said, I told her that I was, um, I was shy, I was embarrassed and I was scared. 
I was scared to, I guess, um, hapa in front of her. Mm. That's really what we. I mean, if we if we if we look at it, why are we scared? Why are we scared? Why are we intimidated? Why do we feel that anxiety when we speak to them? For myself personally, I was scared that I would look dumb. I was scared that I would look illiterate or sound illiterate. I was scared that I'd make a mistake and stutter. And once I identified that, I just told myself, well, how am I going to get better? Right. What am I going to do? And it's not until you actually like embrace that challenge and say, oh, fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's go. And if, even if you make a hapa, it's so much better than not speaking Māori at all. Or yeah, that's the point. Yes, exactly. That's it's the, the intention. Yeah. It's the intention and the commitment. And I of course, when broadcasting the language and with um, fluent speakers as well, we want to ensure that the language is correct, of course. Yeah. However, in conversational situations, um, you know, in our, in our song for... Um, uh, my more Hoyata section actually. You know, no matter if it's wrong or right. Tukuna, there's no there's nothing holding us back and it's actually not until we speak up and we say it to like you know, there's actually in pa at panes, I was gonna say, panikiretanga, there's a saying, there's a kiwaha that says no mighty hapa. No mighty hapa. Let's welcome the the, the faults. Right. Let's welcome the stutters and the mistakes that we make. So then we can identify what those faults are and fix it. Right. So of course it's embracing those moments of um, possibly the mistakes. It's embracing the mistakes. It's, it's embracing the failures. You know, you would have seen that off Gary V. I'm not sure if you follow Gary yeah, V. Gary V is huge on, I guess, failure. It don't matter if you fail. The main thing is that you, you learn. Because failing is learning. It is. Yeah, it is. Failing it's is not learning. win or lose. It's win or learn. Win or, you that's know? right. And that's so right. It is. If you're, you're optimist, that's it. You're going to win or you're going to learn yeah. something. And so, yeah. and even, I feel like even learning is winning. So it's a win-win situation. Either right. way, right. Um, it's just up to your perspective and how you win and how you take away that win. Um, but I guess for like finding my own confidence, going back to Patsua Te Whakama, um, it really is about being self-reflective. Right. Self-reflective of um, your own thought patterns, how you think, why you think the way you do, yeah. and challenging it. Right. And that's what made me get over it. Like for myself personally, I was that I love to socialise, I love to talk and meet new people. And, yeah. you know, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm very much introverted as well. I like staying home, I'm a nanny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I do go out, I do like meeting people and hearing new stories and interacting and socialising. And the only thing is, I was always shy. I was shy because there was insecurities within me and my own confidence about how people would take me, how people would interpret me, mm. um, how they would see me. And I, yeah, it took like literally years just to say, oh, get over yourself. <laughs> literally get over yourself and go and say hello. Because you aren't the one who instills that fear in you. It's everybody else and their negative mm. negativity. So it's not, you know, it is getting past your own fear of them. Hey, well, I mean, moving away there's, from there's that. two perspectives. Like, I mean, uh, if I look at um, uh, Te Waka Hui's haka in 2002, Ko Kwe Tonu Rātau Nākai Patsui, 
You are your own destroyer. Oh, okay. You are you your own destroyer. Yes, exactly. It. You choose how you feel about it. You choose how you react. Yeah. You choose what you do. But you have to learn. You get all those influences, of course. You're right. You, yeah. you, you, all these influences are coming through. And see, like you said, influence. Influence. And decider. Like, you know, there's a difference. So, yes, you can be influenced. <laughs> yes, you can yeah. be like, you know, persuaded here and there. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you are your own destroyer, but okay. you are your own creator as well. Mm. And that's that's another poignant part is that as much as you are your own destroyer and literally you are your own demise, mm. you are your own creator as well. You choose. Like, honestly, the way people treat you is... On them. The way people treat you, you can't control. The things right. that happen to you, you can't control. The only thing you can control is how you react. There's it's a saying in the rugby. Only thing. There's a saying in rugby that we use, and it's control the controllables. And it's like, you know, you can't control the rest. Love it. Love you it. You can't control the, you know. That's just, exactly it. That's it. Look at what you can control. And you can actually pro- probably could control the ref, you know. <laughs> With the boot out. Not yeah. that I know much about rugby. <laughs> but no, However. the thing is, you can definitely control yourself. You can definitely control yourself. And everybody needs to just, you know what it is for me, and meeting you and your wide world, we literally hug, connect. Hey, like it was like that first moment and then we come in here and we're speaking like we've known each other for a hundred years. <laughs> Honestly, it's that. It's, it's just why do we, like our world are always supposed to cross paths somewhere. That's where I think, you know, it's yes. okay. And, yes. and honestly, that, that thought of, to me of being yourself is such, such, it's such a big problem that we struggle with growing up. And for you now, obviously you wouldn't have been as open and flamboyant as you said before with how you are, but I think it's so beautiful to see somebody so unapologetically authentic. You know, like that's you, I can, you look at your, your waiata and then I meet you, same, it's the same person. And that's where authenticity is so crucial because now I know who you are. I, I thought I knew who you were before this and now I definitely know that is still you. You know, you you translate it across all your platforms through your wata, the way the way you sing to me on my radio. <laughs> Everything about you is you, and that is such a beautiful fucking you know atahua thing about you because now it's inspired me to be authentic to myself. You know, and that's influence. <laughs> <laughs> but that's oh, who the you word are. Empty. That's who you are. Like that's it's unapologetically you. And the thing is, you know. You would have had a hard, some hard shit. You know, there would have been fucking people saying no, people saying bad things, whatever it was. There would have been some hard stuff. And through it all, you ended up at the end of the road with just you and your you. And it's beautiful. Gorgeous. I love that. And it's very reassuring hearing it from you, Tahu. I mean, uh, it, it, the same it's thing. Inspiring. Exactly like what you mentioned. Hugging, even. Yeah. You know, that's one way to kind of break down the barriers and also to acknowledge I hug everyone, no matter who, what, age, colour, skin, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's blah. Uh, uh, there's no, like, I guess, huggism there. I don't, I'm, I'm not racist, sexist, or ageist, or whatever. Yeah. You know, it is about embracing and it is about uh, breaking down those barriers, but also. I think if we go back to um, you asking like how we measure 
how we measure our mahi and how we measure the success of our mahi. And it's feedback like that. Like right. hearing it, even kanohi kite kanohi, right. it is very reassuring. Um, and I think, like you said, um, as an artist and working in the entertainment industry, people tend to have those kind of stereotypes of you. And think, I think for myself in particular, um, as Takatapuri or as someone who is quite feminine, you know, the typical stereotype that comes with that is shady. As you know, as quite... Uh, Queens are known to be quite shady and quite, uh, I guess, pedantic, uh, quite high maintenance as right. well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's those kind of stereotypes that also contribute um, to the, that kind of toxic masculinity and the, the thought process on, um, I, I guess, our, our perspective on Takatapuitanga and on the queer community. But um, I, it isn't until we have these interactions, it isn't yeah. till, until we know each other face-to-face until um, we actually get to know, I guess, what's beyond that surface. Because, of course, everything that's uh, that I've released, um, I guess, like, through music, through television and, 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 uh, and every other platform, it is a certain aspect of me. And so, of course, the audience is only going to see that aspect of pity. Yeah. And it's not until, I guess, they, I, I, I see even on my social media platforms, I try to keep it as real as possible. Um, but I would admit there's, there's a certain like level mata of like... Mata. There's nothing yes, like Yes, exactly. It. There's nothing There's nothing like it. And yeah. so these kind of interactions yeah. um, and even just your willingness, your willingness to accept my femininity and who I am is... Is, is important. It's important to the community that I represent, um, but also to our younger takatapuri, mm. for them to see. Like, And I think that's what's been great about my more is that you'll see, like, I'm, I'm close with every single member of our kappa. Uh, um, every single kapaka that I've been involved with, I'm close with all the males. Like, you know, it's not a... A, a, a kind of segregation just because I'm feminine, I don't like to, you know, be with the boys or anything like that. Of course, I prefer being with the ladies, but you know, it, it, it is something about normalizing, I guess, being with Takatapui in masculine environments as well. And so, for my more, um, I think one of the key things is, um, you know, we all represent a certain part of our community, right? Um, Every single member represents a different personality, character. The different character, shape, size, skin color, mm. personality, flair. We all represent something, and I think it's um, it's reassuring for um, younger uh, Takapui um, to see that um, my kind of ahuatanga is being included in uh, in a group like my moa. And that um, my brothers are just as comfortable with me as I am with them. You know, there's not one moment where they haven't felt comfortable to hug me and to actually speak openly with me. You know, we are a brother and sister relationship. It's it's not we argue, we fight, but and we hug it out. We're close. We lean on each other. There's nothing weird about that. And I think the only thing. Weird is the thought and um, and the I guess the idea or the assumption that something would happen. Let's come back. Let's come back with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's ridiculous for somebody to say. Hey, 
I'm not getting. Oh, you were telling that, me. That cracks me up because I'm like, in what world do you go to Wahine and say, hey, I'm straight, but I got a missus? You know? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, oh my God. It's just like, wake up. Like well, you. you know, it's. Uh, I think it's more so because the misinterpretation of my friendliness as a takatapui male, and I think that's why a lot of takatapui are uncomfortable to approach people, in particular heterosexual males. Um, if it was a feminine takatapui approaching heterosexual males, or um, a masculine wahine approaching yeah. a feminine right. heterosexual females. Um, and I think like that kind of uh, perspective has, yeah, nah, I've 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 got it a few times, and uh, it isn't. It, it's a it's a trialing experience because you don't know how to respond. I mean, I'm kind to everyone, and you don't I, I be hug like everyone. Yeah, well, because exactly. I don't, I, I don't, I, want, I still want to keep their manner intact, and I don't want to like right. say, uh, "Well, I didn't ask you that one." Two, <laughs> don't flatter yourself. I mean, you know, I'm not hugging you because I want to hook up with you. I'm hugging you to acknowledge you. Right. Um, and three, like, what would the difference be if you? Were like yeah. If you were, if you weren't, like I don't care. Like I'm yeah. not. I don't care, but I don't mind. Like you know, uh, everyone has their own ways, and just because I am friendly and just because and I, I am takatapu doesn't mean I want to hit on you. Yeah. Or I want yeah, you. Of like you know. Of course. And you know, for me, um, this is something that I get all the time because, um, when I was a baby, people thought I was girl. Like, all my nannies, he's way too beautiful to be a boy, <laughs> that type of thing. And I get it all the time now. Like, I go out to dinner with my missus, and she'll be, and people will be like, um, and for you two ladies, where should we see you? <laughs> like, a lot of people mistake me for a girl, but I don't take offence to it, ever. I just think, like, kind of flattered, like, oh, yeah, well, I'm yeah, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know, you know, I, I come from a I'm, a, I'm a background of, you know, I did fighting, martial arts, so I did heaps of fighting growing up. Rugby, hunting, fishing, you know, typical boy shit. And in no way have I ever been afraid to be feminine. Like, I think I'm metrosexual. I'll wear um, white near clothing and stuff, like, if it fits nice. Yes, like, exactly. like turtlenecks. They only have turtlenecks and gills and stuff. Like, I, that type of stuff. Like, I'm okay to do that because I. I know who I am. Mm. You don't need, you know, you don't need to tell me I'm straight. And I think that's the intimidating thing about you. Yours, you know who you are, and it brings up subconsciously, like for them, Whoa. who am I? <laughs> straight up, that's an intimidating thing about you. That's I like never a, ever thought of it like no, that. To be honest, that's that's something that I think people will struggle with around you, because I know who I am. You know, I come here. Us to stay at your house, like, you know, like, uh, people who are, like, masculine, you're staying at this fellow's house and stuff, I'm like, oh, like, joke about it and <laughs> shit. Like, somebody joked about it to me, I was like, yeah, I'm staying with Pity and that's tonight. Somebody joked about it to me, I was like, yeah, and what? You know, it's like, it's like, babe, that's, that's on the, you, that's, that's on the, you. It's, the it's, world we live in, and of course. It's them freaking out about their own insecurities, that's what I think, because you're so secure in who you are. And I'm so secure in who I am, you know. I'll happily hug, kiss, whatever it is, you know, with you. And it doesn't affect me. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's not, I love you, you know. This is a love kind of thing for me. Like, it's instant connection, it's love. It's beautiful. Like, our wider intertwine happens there. 
It's got nothing to do with sexual preferences, gender, yes, that's exactly anything. It. That's exactly it. And if you have a problem with it, that's on you. Yes. To me. You know, yes, exactly. you, you, you're struggling with your own insecurities at that but stage. But also, you know, I think it's a, it's a mixture of like, I guess, perspective um, and people not knowing. Right. Like I said, the assumption that I'm a takatāpui yeah. and the assumption and uh, the knowledge. Oh, sorry, not the assumption. The knowledge that I'm a takatāpui, the knowledge that you are a heterosexual male, yeah. um, and that we're here in an intimate space is challenging for some people to accept. <laughs> yeah. You know, it really is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we've done with um with the likes of my more is every single one of my brothers would tell me to my face that they love me, right. that they care for me, and that. They'll, they'll feel comfortable enough to hug me. I can lean on them. I can do whatever yeah. without the assumption that there's some kind of sexual, like, yeah, there's some kind of sexual, like, intention there. Yeah. Can we not uh, be affectionate with each other yeah. without the sexual intention? That's the question there. And I think... Right. Um, because I think that's just some of the judgments that I face personally yeah. as... And particularly with relationships um, with heterosexual males, you'd be you'd be surprised at the amount of um, tiny that have stayed here. Nothing, no sexual connection or whatever. My close brothers, my friends, I've got plenty of heterosexual male friends yep. that would tell me they love me, that would like that uh, uh, appreciate me for me. And I know this is not a situation that um, many other takatapui have as well. Just because I don't share them to normalize for people to understand, it's not because it's I feel like I don't have to justify myself to anyone. Aye, um, but also, they're not exposed to that. They don't know how I am, and you know this ahuatanga and mm. my comfortability and myself and acknowledging others and them and themselves as well. Yeah. Um, so of course we're gonna. I, I mean, even just this situation in itself. But this has been my life story and facing these judgments and <sighs> of course even hearing quoted like that I can understand the banter and like you know sleeping over there you know that's that's one thing but those kind of things actually contribute to more toxic exactly they're not going to ask me in the morning did you guys fuck you know it's like babe same thing for your brothers if you went to your brother's house but it's only because of the way I identify myself and people just assuming of course that any heterosexual male that gives me attention I'm going to want them um, okay, because yeah. that, that happens, because that's what... <laughs> Is I, that how I, you feel how about every yeah. male you meet? Exactly. Hey, and so... And that, for the males, I think, I think to put it in perspective is, does every girl out there want you? Do you feel like that? Mm. No, you don't fucking exactly. feel like that, you exactly. dumber. Why would you feel like every male out there wants you? Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, you know... Ridiculous. And also, I mean, on the complete other spectrum... Is that the ones who really do go? <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> nah, get them, okay, get fine. them, pity, get the them. The ones fuck who them. really do go there are the ones who are in denial and who are oh. living under no the cage and underground bet. world. You know, especially with the sexual life, there is an underground world of 
men who aren't confident, who would never come out, who live a heterosexual life, um, who live a secretive sexual life and connections with takatapuitanga. Um, and that's, I, I feel like that's a result, of course, of their own relationships and their situations, colonisation as well. Of course. But it's the effects of it in public. Those insecurities actually come out yeah. when they're in public situations. But when they're in the privacy of their own home behind closed doors, you go and bet they'd be sliding into these DMs. Yeah. And, I, and it's not about exposing them and their ahuatanga, um, but it's about changing and shifting their perspective, the, the perspective that they're contributing to. Yeah. Which is that Takatapuri can't have relationships, friendly relationships, yeah. with heterosexual males. With heterosexual females, if if it is a a, a wahine takatapu, that is a that perspective is the direct result of colonization. Full stop, full stop. Period. Period. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, it's amazing how deep colonization oh goes. Oh my god! Honestly, we have. Sakes. But you know, uh, it's been Fuck social sakes. media. Social yeah. media has changed us so much and yeah. that's changed society and that we're more exposed. We now we're now not relying on the information provided to us by that square box in our living room, right. the television, where we where we which was once the main source for news, entertainment, current affairs yeah. and everything. Right. If you're on TV you are famous. Now we have so many different other platforms and information, I guess, areas and um, content creators to uh, learn about different perspectives and to, I guess, put more um, spotlight on minority cultures and minority groups like Takatapuri, who have always lived, um, I guess, in the shadows. We've always been shy and I've, I've uh, it's it's actually quite it's been overwhelming within the last like year or so, the amount of feedback um, that I've been receiving on the impact my mahi has had on those communities on the communities that I represent, um, and in particular, I think for me personally, it's not like I went out and intended to. Um, do this for our Takatapui community. I right. literally was doing my the work. Mahi, just mahi. Mahi, yeah. mahi and how I wanted to work and, you know, the stuff that I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And so, of course, that just naturally just come out in all of my video clips. I think Waidua, um, with my moatea, I was very fluid. I had turtleneck and I was like short yeah. hair and everything and I was still establishing myself, but it wasn't until Waidua until I wore a full face makeup, glitter and everything. And Beautiful, that was by the, the way. first Gorgeous. kind of stance that I made to really, sh- well, normalise, I guess, um, femininity within males and, particu- and in particular, Māori. Because I can look right. back, I can look back and I can honestly not identify one role model, one Māori role model that I could honestly connect to, yeah. to myself. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Now, I've shifted into trying to create an inspiration, or not an inspiration, a, 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 a tawira, an example, yeah. um, for younger uh, tamariki Māori, rangatahi Māori, that like myself, have been debating and going through our own uh, internal um, turmoil, 
Yeah. Along identifying ourselves and looking for someone that we could relate to, looking for someone yeah. that I could like uh, engage with and actually follow and say, actually, if you can do it, I can do it. I want to be like that. Yeah. I, I can't actually pinpoint someone that I was like, I want to be like that. Until into our Māori. Um, and it's not like saying where were they, but like it's more <laughs> so saying like, what can I do? Yeah. To help that, to help the young feminine takatapui, because um, let's just be clear, not all takatapui are feminine. Not yeah. all takatapui are feminine. Just because, and also There's just no because you're feminine, yeah. fem- feminine, feminine, just because you're feminine doesn't mean you are takatapui. Right. So you know, there's two different perspectives to that. Um, and so I guess with that, and bringing that back to um, our co-recorded all, um, yeah, no, nah, it's it's a trialing thing. We got we got to go through this, and I, I guess the music industry has really helped um, me craft myself, my personality, own my confidence, own my story, and own my truths to then, I guess, release it to the world and hopefully encourage others to own their truths too. That's it. That's the key. Everybody needs to own their truths because <coughs> takatapu or not, knowing who you are is important, and that's where you got me. That's where you inspire me, you know? Because there's no relation in anything we do. You're a musician. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and takatapu, and I'm a heterosexual man, and not in music, can't hold a note to save my life. But however, we have a connection, you know? And it's only through us knowing who we are. And that's what yes. I encourage to yes. everybody is, is, you know, you can take examples, but take Piri as an example of, Owning your shit, you know, just you know, dropping everything else and being you because that's all you can be at the end of the day. When you go to sleep, and there's that you know, that time before you go to sleep and you're closing your eyes, only you're up here. (laughs) That's a good point, (laughs) like only you're up here and only you're talking to yourself. And if you're okay with you, then that's enough to go to sleep, you know, that's what it is for me. Like, only I'm up here, man. Like, you know, we all got shit to deal with, of course. But if you're okay with yourself, shit just seems to go okay. Mm. You know, things start to happen. And it's only when you are all right with who you are. I think that's a crucial, crucial lesson to all our rangatahi out there. Remind yourself who you are and be accepting of who you are. And be happy with who you are. Because who you are is beautiful and who you are is unique. Speak. And Stop kidding me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Honestly, honestly, it is, man. It is it, who you are is so important because there's only one you. And it's a beautiful thing. Because, you know, in this world, we all share that. We all share that we are individuals. And that's how we can all come together. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I. Just with my own personal experiences, um, I guess sexual relationships as well, um, the discussions that I have um, have revolved around them finding their own confidence as well. Um, I think it's people being envious. Like, I'm envious, like, you know, of um, your your style, fashion even. Like... <laughs> Like honestly, no, no, no. Like, um, like when I was little, my dad told me it was gay to get your ears pierced. So, and like, people say right. it's, it's gay to right. only 
get um one left right, earring. Left, yeah. yeah. Yes, I would I got that. two of them because yeah. I think it looks cooler. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm the same thing too. It's, it's not anything about preference. It's more about symmetrics. I yeah. need to have like double, <laughs> otherwise I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanging off balance. No, that's it. And I, I'm envious of people who can fully, like obviously I'm not envious now because I am who I am, but expression, you get to express yourself for who you are when you know who you are. And that's that corridor. Mm. But yeah, it, it's it's beautiful. Um, I think just uh, uh, contributing to that too, I've got a really supportive family. Yeah, I will say, I was also faced with the oh that looks, oh you look like a pifta, like you know those little little comments pifta. there at, at right. points of, of of my growing up life, where um of course it wasn't. It's not that it wasn't accepted; it was normal. That's what it was. It wasn't normal. All of my, like I said, all the boys in my family, all ride horses, oh, yeah. very rural. Like, they die, they the shot, and everything wants to like be normal. that. Normal, exactly. That's my exactly. thing. Why would you want to be everyone else? Fuck exactly. that. Anyway, Karen, sorry. No, I <laughs> that agree. Got me. That's that exactly got me. what it is. Who the it fuck was, wants to be normal? That's I, my I thing. did face that, but um. I think just yeah. growing up, like, they've always known. They've always seen me and who I am. Oh, and I think I you couldn't miss it, really. I, I, Well, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it, it was really a case of me accepting me. Uh, they had already accepted me years ago. Yeah, like, they you knew. know, they knew. They were just waiting for me to accept me. And um, mm. here's the thing, like, you can't really truly accept yourself um, until you have your self-reflection, until you go through it. And I'm still accepting myself as we go. Mm. As we go through this and... Well, um, I, well, that's what you said earlier, the holistic. Yes, yeah, that's exactly it. It's finding the mental stability within myself, the spirituality around this, around this confidence, um, the physicality um, in my appearance and how, well, I, I mean, see, even with myself, I'm wearing makeup. Yeah. Makeup is even a political stance. A male wearing makeup is a political stance in this modern day and age, and in particular within the Māori community, because mm. you don't see males wearing makeup. Mm. And it's, uh, I guess, it's, it's not about me wanting to encourage like every single male to wear makeup. Right. But it's it's feeling comfortable to express yourself in whatever way you want. That's if it. you want to wear makeup, you wear it. If you want to pierce your ears, if you want to pierce your eyebrows, do what you do it. Right. And it's re, it's removing any judgment that you might think uh, others or society is placing on you that will restrict you from doing what makes you happy. Right. And that's what it is. I think I've removed that myself personally and my only judgment now is well of course I speak to my family my mum oh she's like my manager my therapist as well <laughs> my mama my papa is very loving yeah my papa is so loving he's <laughs> he I'm actually lucky to have such a supportive dad who's comfortable with mm. me being feminine who's never ever once made me feel Bad or uncomfortable for being the way I am. He's always accepted That's me. unique. Yeah, exactly. That's unique. Exactly. He's a unicorn. My papa's a, a unicorn. unicorn. That's, that's I've accepted that. Um, and knowing that, wow, a lot of my uh, friends in whanau and, of course, other, other takapui that I do know don't have the same supportive family um, as I do. And so I guess like, I, 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 I just wanted to mention that um, so that, of course, when we can fully understand how this confidence is, and I don't want anyone to think that I've 
literally got the confidence and I've settled, I'm still finding it. I'm still growing it. That was the first thing confidence you said. Confidence isn't a thing that I you just have. Confidence is something that you build. Right. And so, you know, I've, right. I've never actually like articulated it like that. That's but it is. Right. Confidence isn't something that you just naturally have. You it's don't, something that you yeah. build within yourself as you right. grow older, as you mature, as you learn. Right. All of these lessons and all of these experiences will contribute to your own confidence. So, of course, myself as a young, vulnerable child, uh, a, a, a pre pubescent teen yeah. coming through high school of course I'm going to feel that anxiety because everyone else is also around me my circles my friends they're also trying to find themselves too mm. and we're also trying to find them ourselves under a society that wants us to be a certain way and so I think just with myself personally um yeah I've just slowly built and I've I, I've I've actually identified the circles and the people who contribute to my confidence and who contribute to actual me being me and mm. not like having any judgment or restricting me from being me and those are the people who I've concentrated on those are the people who I invest my time in because if they're making me feel a certain way if they're make, empowering me to feel a certain way that's the feeling that I want those are the people that I want around me and that is also the importance of ensuring that your circle and the people that you surround yourself with are people that are going to contribute to your own personal growth and development. And I think that's a huge, huge contributor to the way I am. And like I said, my confidence isn't here. My confidence is being built. So I don't know where I'm going to go next. All I know is that at this stage, I'm confident. I'm, I'm, I'm proud and I'm happy about where I am, where my mahi and my intentions and my goals um, I'm I'm confident in the way that I've laid down how I shape the world and how my perspective of the world. I'm confident in my beliefs and my Maori tanga and my te reo Maori. I'm confident in my experiences. I'm confident in the lessons that I've learned. I'm confident in me being me. And I feel like um, even though I am confident, all of this is still being built to somewhere greater, Whoa. somewhere bigger. I, I don't feel I don't want to settle here. I don't feel like this is the confidence that I, like the peak of my confidence is here. (laughs) No, I feel like I'm like at the like entrance point of the like Mount Everest. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm only just getting into the gates of Mount Everest where my confidence should be up here. But it'll come and I think right now it's just about enjoying the journey. And enjoying the climb, it's the climb, like you know, ah. yeah. It's it's about it's about going through it, experiencing it, and always challenging yourself to um, reflect. Yeah. Honestly, beautiful. <laughs> Honestly. I'm rambling now. It's all Oi. these why. No, no, it's no. Fun, no. Huh? As we're talking about influence. influence. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't you blame me. No, of course. I'm my, I'm my own destroyer yeah, and my own creator. However, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's the clearest message I think you could have ever get gotten across. You know, it's willing to accept yourself and willing to keep building. Hey, mm. never stopping. Never settle. Never settle. Never settle. Never settle. Never. There's always more. I think we're going to end it there. Love it. On that. Love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. It was, honestly, Peter, you're an amazing human being. And I love you. You know, you are, fuck, you're amazing, man. Honestly, like, people don't get this shit. But, like, this this has been an amazing experience for me. And especially sitting down and articulating our thoughts around 
all these different kaupapa. It's just made me so secure in myself. Love it. It's given me something for myself to think that I'm okay with the direction I'm going because everything I do, I feel okay with for me. Yes. And that's yes. what you've given me today. I'll tell you what, Tay, I love you very much and I love your work. I love that you've come <laughs> in and uh, allowed me to have the space and also um, the discussions that we were able to have yeah. and that you were open enough to have them and obviously contribute to the iwi and this wānanga, send this wānanga out to the people. Um, this, awesome. These kind of discussions are amazing and you're always welcome here, Tahu. You know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you've got your own room here as well, yeah. so you just let us know when you're back next, but... This has been amazing. I've, very, I've appreciated the wanang that we've had and I've appreciated your perspectives. You've actually challenged me to rethink the way I think as well on some of the um, points that we've discussed, but I love uh, it. I love it. Muck around, <laughs> eh? muck around over the here. The Muck Around muck Podcast. Around. <laughs> on all socials and my mom music and Eto Hollis and Muck Around Media on the rest. So that's us. We're done. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> He's high on I love you, Pity. I love you too, That's amazing. Muck around. Yeah, muck around, Times he thought he couldn't bear it no more